Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frick, and I'm joined by Kevin. Hey. And today we have a lot to talk about, but we're going to be starting off with our pick three. These are things we put up on Twitter and Instagram and all those fun places. And people pick their favorite three. And in this specific case, we're going with the three X-Men you choose to fight the other X-Men. All right. So, Kevin, let's start with you, man. What three are you picking out of this list? So my only experience with X-Men is the 90s cartoon, and I was a kid when I watched it, so I don't know very much about the characters <laughs> um, outside of Wolverine. Um, so I'm going with the the three favorites of mine that are on here. So I'm going to pick Gambit is my favorite X-Men, so Gambit's oh, me too. number one. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Gambit number one. Nightcrawler, because in the, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo game, Nightcrawler was the most fun to play. You, you might be picking my team right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the third one that I think is going to throw it off. Okay. It's my third one in the movies. I remember not liking this. I remember not liking Cyclops, oh, yeah. but in the games and in the, the cartoon, he was one of my favorites. So Nightcrawler, Cyclops and Gambit. I'm, that would be my three. I, I share your opinion on Cyclops so much in the movie. He was so irritating. And if you guys ever played like Capcom versus Marvel, Cyclops is awesome. You go Cyclops Wolverine. Yeah. His his laser is basically Superman's laser. Mm. I, I think that they could go toe to toe if it wasn't for, you know, the fact that Scott, whatever his name is, Scott is Lang, a human. Scott yeah. Lang, yeah, he's he's a human. Yeah. But, yeah. Gambit, by the way, very underrated. He is awesome. So um, I totally agree with you. There's a lot of action figures out there that have kind of like I'll ponder. <laughs> like, ooh, should I pull the trigger on this action figure of, of Gambit? I do have his Funko Pop, which is pretty cool, which just shows him like throwing a bunch of cards out. That's badass. Yeah. I, as a kid, my brother and I used to run around. It pissed my mom off so bad. <laughs> but we had so many decks of cards. And we'd just run around throwing playing cards yeah. at each other. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. If you guys got a free moment, check out Pete Holmes' skit. He has the X-Men skits where he like fires X-Men. The Gambit one is my favorite one, of course, where <laughs> Gambit has to justify the fact that he just throws things. And he's like, I could throw anything. Maybe a sandwich. <laughs> That's <just> fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Basically, this three, we talked about this yesterday. It kind of comes down to who you actually think will win and who you just want to see fight. And so I think that the ones that I think everybody agrees with when we look on social media and stuff like that, everybody says Rogue is just going to win. So if you have Rogue on your team, it's an easy win. Jean Grey is very powerful. This is specifically Jean Grey, not Phoenix. So you have that and Storm. So those three are like the powerhouse. But I want Wolverine, Gambit, and Nightcrawler. (laughs) Because that would be awesome. You've got just these two kind of like Cajun boys and then Nightcrawler who has his own little accent. Just uh, the dialogue would be a lot of fun. And then I've always liked the idea of like you have Nightcrawler, he'll just like warp, you know, Wolverine right over something and just like come down slashing and clawing right through. It sounds like a lot of like a lot of fun, you know, but I would love to hear that. Just the dichotomy of the, the Wolverine with the two Cajun boys, as you put it, that'd be, that would be great. (laughs) And there was so little of Gambit in the movies too. I would, I would love to see this as like a, either live action or a cartoon fight. Just these three against all the other ones. Yeah. That'd be so much fun. And they keep trying to get Channing Tatum to play Gambit, but it keeps getting canceled. And then, you know, Disney steps in. So we'll see who actually becomes a Gambit, but it needs to be made. How cool would it be to have a road trip movie with those three? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in an El Camino. It has to be an El Camino. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. That, that There's just so many possibilities for, for comedy yeah. there. Uh, so let us know, guys. We have the post still up on our social media. What three you would pick. Uh, again, it's definitely Rogue. Everybody's picking Rogue. Just win it all. 
Which makes sense because li- earlier when we did the TikTok X Men versus Avengers, and it was like, yeah, Rogue will beat the Avengers. So she's a little OP, and that's that's cool with me. Uh, before we get started, this episode is brought to you by our patrons. You guys are welcome to join us over on Patreon. We are starting up the sloops for the Hawkeye series, which uh, will be airing every week throughout December. Have you watched Hawkeye yet? I have. Okay, what did you think of it? So the first episode, I I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. The the whole musical <laughs> thing, I, that was like the, the best little addition it that really I didn't was. know I needed. <laughs> yeah, I, just watching Clint's reaction to everything that was going on, he's like, uh, this is not how it went. And yeah. then watching him uh, watch the, the Scarlet Witch, or not Scarlet, it was the Black, Black Widow, Widow dancing. And oh, man, it was like heartbreaking and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot more humor in this series than I expected. Did you think it was going to be this funny? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I know uh, anything with Cliff Burton is usually Cliff Burton. That's the Metallica guy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm down to watch that, though. <laughs> <laughs> so anything like with Hawkeye is. <laughs> um, yeah, anything with Hawkeye is usually not that funny, but I just know the direction that Marvel's taken with most of the TV shows on Disney Plus has been mostly humorous. So, yeah, I did kind of expect that, especially with Kate as the. The, the the superhero in training. Right, right. And she's definitely ushering in Young Justice, or not in Young Justice, Young Avengers. And hey, if Metallica can be in this, so can DC. Hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hate that either. I would like to see what Robin could do in the Marvel Universe. So um I also thought it was it was just okay for me. It's definitely that more family version of Marvel, which of course, I mean it's comic books, guys. Let's we gotta calm down a little bit about that. Um that's okay for them to do family movies for a comic book show. But I was hoping for a little bit more edginess, like that, that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, was more my speed, when this is definitely like the more family version of that, I think, what we're getting. Yeah. It's very close to that, though. Mm-hmm. That's, after watching the first two episodes, that's what I compared it to, was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The big difference is, after the first episode of this one, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep watching it. And after the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I didn't watch it until, like, six months later. Oh, wow, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just got done watching that like a month ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I think like Falcon and the Winter Soldier like tackled social issues and really kind of took a stance here and there. While I I think this is just going to be a fun romp. It's like a Die Hard meets Home Alone kind of thing. It feels like like that. Yeah. Christmas in New York. It's Marvel's Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's Marvel's Christmas movie show. Yeah. (laughs) And so I got to be on board with that. I just got to take it. Um, But overall, it's a good start. And I think we got something, something happening here. So I'm excited for that. I like the dog, too. The dog steals the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that there was an entire comic, uh, an entire issue of the comic from the Hawkeye series that was dedicated to the dog, like from the dog's perspective. That is some ingenious work. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, I love it won, it. like, all these awards and shit. So oh, I'm like, okay, I see why they put it, <laughs> like, put such a spotlight on the dog yeah. in, <laughs> in the series. It's a big deal. Now, I got to look it up. This is a dumb thing to be a controversy. I don't think the dog is one-eyed in real life. I think they might be CGIing that. Which it's possible. Then, then I'm like, why couldn't we give the job to a real one-eyed dog? <laughs> <laughs> and so, not to start a controversy over stupid stuff, but it was something that could definitely be started. <laughs> but there's a lot of one-eyed dogs out there that could use the work. <laughs> and why are we not giving it to this? Anyways, I'm just saying. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. If that, I mean, if that's the case, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Because Marvel shared like a video of him doing something. It was a very like TikTok-y video of him stealing a pizza. And I'm like, wait a minute, that dog has two eyes though. 
And we might have something boiling up over here. <laughs> up to see. Oh, man. Pet shelters unite. Uh, okay, so moving on, we have a Nintendo leaker, Samus Hunter, who leaks things all the time. Uh, he revealed that at the Game Awards, they're going to be revealing some big Zelda 35th anniversary announcement. How do you think Nintendo should celebrate the 35th anniversary of Zelda? How, how do I think they should or how do I think they're going to? Both, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think the only thing they can do to really appease fans is to show more gameplay of the Breath of the Wild sequel. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know much beyond that what they're going to do. Nintendo's known for letting the fans down when it comes to reveals and stuff. <laughs> yes. What I think they're going to do is figure out some way to Tetris 99, Mario 99 this and do like a some kind of battle royale free to play game. That would be I, amazing. I that's what they did for Mario. Yeah, it was a blast, too. Yeah. So I imagine that they're going to do something like that. And then the fan outrage is probably going to be insane. Oh, my God. If that's the case. What what's like the biggest wish list thing to just make all the fans happy? Ocarina of Time <laughs> <There> it <is. laughs> remake. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be either that or like a, a an updated Link to the Past. If it doesn't say Ocarina of Time, something something something, <laughs> nobody's gonna right. care. Um, yeah, yeah. If they full on did a remake for Ocarina of Time or did it like in the style that they're doing with Brilliant Diamond, everybody would be excited about that. But man, you got me excited about this Battle Royale idea. That I'd be very interested in. Because I like the Mario one a lot. I played it quite a bit. Um, it's funny. I The Mario one, I actually willed into existence. I'm taking credit for that. Because there was really? an episode of Pushing Buttons back in 2018 hmm. that I was making a joke about a Super Mario Battle Royale. And lo and behold, two years later, it came out. You made it happen. <laughs> I knew, so I was, I I, I knew there was quite a few Pushing Buttons fans out there. I knew it. I had a feeling. <laughs> Got the Mario execs over there checking it out. Did you listen to the latest PB? They got a good idea, man. <laughs> See, and I, I tore that idea to shreds, too, when I came up with it. I was like, that'd be so awful. And, and it turned out. It was, it was Knowing how your guys' show went, then it's probably you saying it was awful. But then they're like, yeah, but Kyle said <laughs> he defended it somehow. <laughs> probably. All right. Moving on to our next thing here. Uh, North Carolina is now welcoming esports. They've added in their latest budget a new esports industry grant fund, which will reimburse 25% of the cost of your event if you host an esports event in North Carolina that costs 250k or more. They're giving those away up for three years. Uh, cap is five million per year. Do you think this is a good move to bring in more jobs? I don't know specifically about bringing in more jobs because I, I feel like a lot of those types of things are traveling shows and they're yeah. not in the same place twice usually, but maybe that's North Carolina's way of making it. So it's in the same place more than once. And I, it's a smart move. Yeah. What, what do you, what other benefits do you see bringing in an esports event to your town? Uh, this is the outside of my wheelhouse, but yeah. trying to get more eyes on it because esports is that that's been the thing is to try to legitimize it by getting more eyes on it and making it seem and show that it's an actual real competitor to real sports, like real live action sports. Do you think so? My, my thing is. Because I think what so we talked to the representative here is saying, like, it also brings technology to the area. Does it make your town look like it's hip and trendy and start getting people to look at it as a possible place to move or work in? It could. Yeah. Yeah. It could bring uh, better Internet access and availability to yeah. people, especially in North Carolina. There's a lot of rural places out there. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of the intention is like, hey, look, you know, maybe there's a stigma of like, yeah, you know, this might look like a farm area from the outside. But look, we had this bustling esports event here. Come on in, start bringing in your tech because they might have favorable tax incentives or something like that to kind of coincide with this that says, hey, bring your next Google headquarters over here or something like that because we have some technology in the area. It's almost like a, a, a little bit of a bait for other companies to come in. And then, yeah, esports alone, bustling industry. It definitely brings in a lot of foot traffic. You're talking about people coming from around in the region. It's going to be a lot of money coming your way. North Carolina, not too long of a drive from D.C. area, I would assume. You know, we're on the West Coast, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> Everything's a long <laughs> drive. <laughs> You're right. But this could be a way to bolster money. Would you want your local government to invest in esports like this? I think it'd be it'd be really cool. It'd be uh, more steps towards legitimizing it, as I've been saying. And yeah, there's a lot of places out here that could use. Uh, there, there's I live in around the Portland area. Yeah. And there's a lot of that hipster type person you were talking about yeah. in my area. So I think it would be a, you know, COVID notwithstanding, it'd be a very good, uh, very good get together for people that think like that. It'd, it'd just be it'd be a very fun thing. Yeah, it's definitely is. Yeah, it's kind of like when a, a a fair or a festival comes into town. You sometimes you'll go just to check out the festivities around whatever events going on. You might not watch the local rodeo, but you'll still be at the festival. And so that might right. kind of when you go to one of these events, I've been to a few of them. And yeah, there's like the food truck fair kind of thing. There's a lot of just like, you know, um, merch, merch for the game that they're playing. I think it's a good way to bring more people out to your areas. Mm-hmm. All right, we are talking Ubisoft now. Now that we got you all hyped up and excited, we're going to talk Ubisoft theme park. <laughs> the, <laughs> mic, the headphones come off and he leaves it on the mic. <laughs> oh, man, do not touch that mic. We know what can happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I avoided it. <laughs> so we have theme park and entertainment centers planned for the uh, for from Ubisoft. Uh, the entertainment centers will be kind of smaller affairs with more virtual rides. First one's going to open in 2025. They have multiple locations picked out for this. Not all of them have been revealed. The theme park will actually have big roller coasters and stuff like that. So we have multiple things to talk about here. But first off, do you have any good ride ideas based off of Ubisoft IP? They have specifically mentioned, by the way, Assassin's Creed. So keep that in mind. Oh, my my cynicism is starting to boil, but I, I'll, I'll try to I'll, I'll try to lay, <laughs> lay it smooth on that. So yeah. I think the only like really fun Ubisoft IP and it didn't even start off as a Ubisoft IP, I don't think is a uh, beyond good and evil. I think they could do something fun with that. They need to use it more for uh, sure. Yeah. Like the game that has been in development now for eons. Yeah. Ha- hasn't come out. Um, I think that'd be very fun to have like a star tours type uh, ride for, um, man, it's so hard to get excited about anything. Ubisoft. I want there to be a ride where the CEO and all the freaking corporate <laughs> higher ups just get on it and just boots them out of the company. And we never see them again. That'd be the best ride that they could possibly do. Yeah. I'm thinking of like uh, a, a Jeep ride where you go through some sort of Far Cry setting, kind of like with the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland would be kind of cool. Um, what would be really cool with the Far Cry one is going through the different, like the, the first set of it's the first Far Cry yes. and you're going through all the different Far Cry games. That'd be, that would be cool. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. Cause you like break through like a Tibetan mountain and then all of a sudden you go through a waterfall and you're in the Georgia or Appalachian Mountains or something like that. And then you, you know, <laughs> get out to then you're Columbia. like the techno future of oh, yeah, got a <laughs> Blood Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a jarring change in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then it was like, why did they skip out on Far Cry 2? Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else did. <laughs> uh yeah, Far Cry 3 is really where it started. Uh okay, and then 
I think Rayman, right? Isn't Rayman theirs? That could be a kind of a fun. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. That might be a fun one to kind of have where it's like, actually, I think that was like the first big IP, but that's definitely the the mascot that's walking around. Because otherwise, you just got like an assassin from Assassin's Creed, and you're like, that's not a very welcoming character to sit next to and take pictures with. You know, please don't stab me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they could do the the guy from Prince of Persia, which is basically what Assassin's Creed was based on, and they own that IP as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Assassin's Creed was a Prince of Persia game until they were like, this is just way too different, so that's gonna make it its own thing now. Um, yeah. Now we have to talk about some of the bad stuff. Should Ubisoft be focusing on a theme park? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, it might be smart from a PR perspective in their uh, in their eyes, but yeah, no, they need to get their house in order. Yeah, they're, they're not quite at the the public attention level of an Activision Blizzard right now, but doesn't mean they're not still doing bad things. Exactly. Yeah. And they have done far too little to make up for it or to try to change any of the way that they operate. So, yeah. So if you guys uh, want more information on kind of what's actually going on at Ubisoft, we share when things actually move because oftentimes nothing actually moves. But every time Activision Blizzard makes a change, which has been very prominent and obviously in all the news, Ubisoft employees will voice opinions about it, will issue letters or requests for, to their management, oftentimes unheard and ignored. But if you go to like gameindustry.biz, really great website that kind of shows the inside stuff of the actual studios, they'll share like every little thing Ubisoft does. It's a good way to kind of keep an eye on Ubisoft. We'll share when there's kind of bigger movement, but they'll share all the little details. Good web- website, gameindustry.biz. All right. Moving on to Ridley Scott. Now, are you familiar with the comments he made this last week? Only tangentially. Like, yeah. Not directly. I never read any of it. Just saw the headlines. All right. So he's on the Mark Marin podcast, which is a good podcast. Check it out. And he's defending his The Last Duel, which I'm sure you've seen the, like, the commercials or trailers for that, right? I, I think I've seen one. Yeah. Matt Damon, one Adam time. Driver. It's about a duel. Um, it's a historical event, but that's basically where it needs to end. It's about a duel. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, actually. Uh, all right so here's a quote from the podcast okay so get ready i'm reading out loud and this never goes well i think that it boils down to what we've got today are the audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones he says the millennials do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone this is a broad stroke but i think we're dealing right now with it on facebook this is a misdirection that has happened where it's given the wrong kind of confidence to the latest generation, I think. Do you think he's right or wrong on this? I think that Boomer needs to sit down yeah. and uh, just learn that he's kind of out of touch, you know? Uh, first of all, he's conflating millennials with young people, True. which, you know, most millennials are, we're in our 30s and, like, getting close to our 40s. Yeah, now, have so kids, looking at the, grandkids. I mean, come on now. Yeah, we're not specifically the cell phone Facebook type. In fact, I don't. I think that it's more the older generation that's on Facebook now anyway. Sure. Um, if, if I, I know you have a lot more to say about this than I do, but if, if he wants to mock the audience or make fun of the audience and think that it's our problem that we're not enjoying his stuff, then maybe he shouldn't be trying to appeal to us. Yeah. I think that that, that was my big point that I was talking about yesterday is he's mad because his movie flopped. And if you're going to make a movie that you think should do well in the box office, you have to make a movie for the box office. You can't make an artsy film or a really important film to you and just assume the fans will show up because they are attracted to the film that you made. 
there's a reason that Marvel's movies are all basically the same thing. We see that formula repeated over and over again, and yet I'll watch every one of them because they're fun, eye candy to watch, they have just the right amount of humor and quips for us to talk about, and that's fine. That's what they're for. They're popcorn movies. This movie, I'm sure, I'm sure you put a lot of heart and soul in it, and it might be a fantastic movie, but if it's not tailor-made for the, for the audience that gets numbers, you can't complain when it doesn't get numbers. And that's my big complaint to him. I also think he's right in a lot of ways. Like, we definitely, you know, we're talking about it all the time here at Geek Freaks. How can we best, you know, share the show? It's boiling down to where, you know, this is kind of some future telling a little bit here. It's better for us to do a one-minute TikTok video about three topics than it is to write an article <laughs> that takes me an hour about one topic because it gets a lot more eyes. What do we do about it? Well, we start to tailor towards the TikToks and less about the articles. When Ridley Scott's over here is like, well, you guys should be reading those articles. That's not how you do business. <laughs> That's not how it's done. So it's kind of like that. Should Ridley Scott change his ways or change his perspective? I, I He's more than welcome to keep making the types of movies that he wants to do. Yeah. And I honestly give him more props for making a movie that he wants to make rather than one that he thinks more people want to see. Totally agree. It's something that I talk about in video games all the time. Yeah. That's why I praise indie developers of video games all the time because they're the ones that are able to take more chances and make passion projects and they'll just not spend as much money on making it as the ridiculous call of duties and halos that are out there that spend you know hundreds of millions of dollars to develop a game yeah that they know is going to have mass appeal yeah and the expectations are different which i think is what's different here ridley scott thought he was making a halo when hey you were making a meat boy it was a really good game and a lot of people liked it but it's obviously not a halo and you just have to put your expectations where they belong. A lot of times, Wes Anderson will make a fantastic film. I watch a lot of Wes Anderson films, Coen Brothers, all great movies. They don't plan on owning the box office for six weeks straight. Marvel does. And as long as you're cool with that, that's fine. If your movie flopped, it's because you didn't play the game right. And it's unfortunate that there is a game, but there is. And yeah, video games is a really good way to put it because indie games like they're where new things are created, new boundaries are found, and you're not going to do that in a AAA title. <laughs> There's no way that they're going to let you make a $100 million game and try something crazy out. You know, that's just not going to happen. Right. So yeah, The closest they get is by trying the new, uh, whatever they can do to push the boundaries of microtransactions and loot boxes. <laughs> ways, to, ways to get even more money after the fact from you. That's yeah. what they're good at innovating at a AAA company. So. Yeah. For the most part, it's all about getting, you know, flashy areas and cool voice actors and a story that's good enough just to tell you know it's not like it's going to change any any major ground but yeah so check out the mark Marin podcast first of all i really suggest him he's a great podcaster and he's he's on a lot of tv too actually nowadays um and ridley scott you know just keep up the good work and i think adjust your perspective just your expectations and i think we're gonna be okay all right we have the kojima productions is now making a film tv and music studio He's known for a lot of his great video games. Is there any particular game you think deserves that movie TV treatment? I, I'm wondering the legal the implications behind this. Yeah. Since he doesn't own most of his old stuff. Like he can't do a Metal Gear Solid. He can't do a Silent Hill. Yeah. He can't do stuff like that. They specifically mentioned Metal Gear Solid. So that's what threw me off. That's so strange. Yeah. I I would love to see it. Oh, of course. I don't know how it would work, but Metal Gear Solid was one of those games in my formative years of gaming yeah. that 
or one of those that one of those series is I played the first one. That was the only one that I ever played. It was just strange enough to keep me hooked. But the gameplay, <laughs> I, I could see that easily adapted to a TV show or hopefully a, a movie and not a TV show, because I think they'd draw it out for way too long yeah. if it was a if it was a TV series. Well, it's funny about the Metal Gear Solid franchise. It's one of those franchises. There's not a lot of them, but there are some that I don't play the games, but I watch the gameplays. I watch the playthroughs. And so mm-hmm. I know the story pretty well, but I don't know the actual game all that well. And Daniel is crazy for these games. He buys them and burns them up right away. And so when I tell him, like, the story is ridiculous, Daniel. It makes no damn sense. How many names does Snake, Big Boss, Boss, Boss Hog, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and he's like, no, it, they're different people. Like, no, it's the same person. He went back in time and killed his past self and all this weird stuff, you know. It's wackadoo. And so it would make a fun TV show. I don't know how well it would do in the Western audience. It would be fun to watch. I don't know. I think Silent Hill might think, be a good one, too. Yeah. I think Death Stranding might actually make an OK TV show. Yeah. Because they could make it like a they could make a season of like 12 episodes of him de- delivering different packages and having different things happen to him along the way. I don't know how they'd do it, but I could see them <laughs> as being like, especially Hideo Kojima being yeah. the type of person to be able to write something like that to make it work. I could. Yeah. As an anthology series, especially like each week's a new package and just exactly. something weird happens. I kind of want to see that a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a fun web series at the very, Oh least. man, I'm all about web series too. Um, yeah, if if not that, damn, now I want to see that. Uh, Silent Hill, though, I think would be a fun little like a horror kind of show. You know, it'd be pretty basic, but it would definitely get people watching. I think Death Stranding is the only one that he 100% owns all the rights to. So that might be the one we get, actually. But we'll see. I, it was very odd to me when I first started reading this story and I'm reading multiple articles and all of them mentioned Metal Gear Solid. And I'm just like, you don't own the rights to that. How could that be? So maybe they own like the movie and TV rights to it. I'm not sure on that. Might own a different set. That could be. I didn't think about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. We got two more things that are, were recently added to the list here. Halo Infinite is experiencing cheaters now, right? Because this is how life works now. So console players are lobbying 343 to disable or give them the option to disable crossplay because really cheaters are only on the PC. Do you think that's a good move for them to disable crossplay? It would increase queue times. I don't know. That's a really hard question to get like a really solid opinion on uh i'm all for cross play yeah. but i do i'm also all for more options in games and to some extent it could be an accessibility option at that point. yeah especially if you're having connectivity issues or issues with cheaters in this case that's, that's hard i'm i want to say yes that sounds like a great idea to be able to turn that off but it also is co- counter to the the point of cross play yeah to meet new people, to play with a wider variety of people. They just need to get their cheating, their anti-cheat shit in order. Yeah, and, you know, Activ- uh, Activision's had a hell of a time with it, and, you know, hopefully Bungie, or not Bungie, 343 doesn't have a problem with it. Um, to me, I always like the idea of deactivating that because if I'm a console player, there's no way I want to play with somebody with a keyboard or mouse. They have the advantage right off the bat. It's just better. I mean, there's, like, aim assist and stuff like that for the controllers, and never feels like it's good enough. See, that's the thing is, I know people that actually play on the PC, but they'll play with a controller. It's insanity to me. Why would you? <laughs> it makes no sense, but they, yeah. they'll play because that's what they grew up on yeah. playing like Halo 1 and Halo 2 is on the Xbox. They had the two thumbsticks and can't figure out how to make a mouse work for the for their life. So. I was a long time console player. And then the Master Chief Collection came out and I was like, well, I'll play it on the PC, try it out. 
And the moment I picked up the you know keyboard and mouse, I'm like, oh my god, far better <laughs> than it is on 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 a controller. So we'll see we'll see how this is done. Uh, it's tough because yeah, increasing the queue times is definitely nobody wants that on either side. But right, you know, controller people or console people are not familiar with cheaters the way PC players are. And so it'll be a bit for that little culture shock to kick in, I think. I don't know. It's tough. I'm loving Halo Infinite, by the way, guys. If you guys want to play Halo Infinite, you guys want to play with us, let us know on our Discord. We'll find a way to team up with you and play. So just let's get involved with that. Been a blast. All right. Have you played DC Universe Online before? I actually have for like maybe two hours. Oh, God. I was hoping for a longer time <laughs> than that. <laughs> no, yeah. I was looking for something to fill the City of Heroes void. and. It wasn't that. Yeah. Well, I actually quite enjoyed the game. Uh, I would say I probably have probably like 100 hours in it. To be honest with you, quite a bit. I've got a couple uh, max level characters and stuff like that. I'm an MMO player, so it makes sense. Um, but it came out like, gosh, about 13 years ago. And at the time, of course, everybody said, oh, it'll be the wild killer. It was not. But it's a fun yeah. game to play uh, with a pretty solid microtransaction format. Like they have the thing where like raids come out and like the new ones are pay to play raids. But then if you wait enough time, they'll go to free It's like that. It's pretty good. Um, well, the team that made DC Universe Online are now working on a Marvel MMO. What do you want to see out of a Marvel MMO? Like what character do you think would play well in an MMO? See, that's the thing. I think DC Universe did it perfectly where you're not actually playing as one of the superheroes, yeah. but you create your own. I think that's the only way that it could work in an MMO because you don't want to see you know, 7,000 Iron Man <laughs> <laughs> flying around. You don't yeah. want like Captain Marvel in every nook and cranny of the of the world map. I, I think that that's what I was really hoping for with the Marvel Avengers game was the ability to make my own superhero yeah. rather than play other ones. And in an MMO like like this, I think that's the only way it'll work. Yeah. And in DC Universe, they did it well because it was like three versions of Traversal. You had Flash's, Batman's, and which was the best one. And, Sp and Superman. You would think that Superman would be the best. You just fly around. And Flashes was easy. You speed ran everywhere. But the acrobaticness of Batman made it the funnest to play. The slowest, sure, but it was the funnest. It's like playing as Spider-Man in the Spider-Man universe. You were like, yeah, I just like to go from building to building. And so I'm hoping we get something like that for the Marvel one, where you could pick like, oh, I want web-slinging, or I want maybe just flight, I guess, you know? Right. Um, and then something like that. That would be pretty cool because web slinging around in the city, guys. If you haven't done it yet, it's the way to go. <laughs> um, I think this has some real potential, especially in MMO. Is something where you would see the ebb and flows naturally happen because of the game's progression. But when you add the ebb and flow of the MCU on top of it, it might be the best case scenario. Where like the the game's doing really well because oh, there's a new expansion out. But then sometimes the game's doing really well because the new Black Panther is out. So I think we might actually see a successful MMO here. Neat. Star Trek Online has been doing something similar too. They'll have updates based on what TV shows are currently coming okay. out. So they'll add stuff to do with Discovery. And then when Picard was going on, they added stuff to do with Picard. They have lower deck stuff even in Star Trek Online. Ooh. So I can see I can see them doing that. Yeah, lower deck is great. <laughs> it's uh, it's always fun to see the cartoon characters in the MMO because they don't look like the the rest of the characters. It's such a drastic uh difference, but I think that's the way that this Marvel one would be able to work best is tying it into maybe not directly the storyline, but like anytime there's a new release come out, have more cosmetics that have to do with that, yeah. whatever movies coming out or whatever TV shows coming out. And maybe there's a raid where if like, hey, in this one time they attack New York, there's a raid where you have to go help defend New York from a certain enemy that, you know, is coming from the movie will be a good way to tie it in. 
or to even travel back in time to like play in the Battle of New York yeah. from the first Avengers game or movie. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, this is already a game. It's already a done deal. <laughs> By the way, that was a really cool part of Hawkeye, the way they brought in the Battle of New York. And that was like her inspiration. I really liked that. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> that was great. Uh, but yeah, I think this actually has a lot of potential. Marvel itself is just, you know, it's there. And the MMO, we're starting to see more MMOs starting to enter development. So it's like, oh, man, is this finally coming back? I'm excited for MMOs to be a thing again. And I think it has just so much attention from being Marvel that it might actually be a survivor. Because MMOs, like New World, you guys know if you're listening to the podcast, we were pushing New World like crazy. And now it is maybe Daniel and Kyle playing it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, help, I think Hades has got uh, Kyle, so it'll be a bit before he plays anything else. He he made that change for the better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so over this last month, just kind of give you guys an idea on New World, it lost over 500,000 players in one month. Ooh-wee. Yeah, that's a rough one. It's a good game, but yeah, I mean, people are done leveling, and that's okay. <laughs> All right, we are moving on to Natasha Lou Bordizo has been cast as Sabine in the new Star Wars Ahsoka series. All right, so for those of us like myself who have not watched Rebels yet, who is Sabine? Sabine was basically an outcast Mandalorian okay. um, from the show Rebels. Uh, she's the more hipster type. She's got spray spray paint cans and she always <laughs> tags shit with the logo. I think in that show, she actually kind of made the Rebel Alliance logo. That's awesome. Just, that was like what she tagged. Now, that might have even been the house that she was a part of on Mandalore. I'm not entirely certain, but she's the one that I ended up finding the, the dark saber, the one that... Uh, is now in the Mandalorian that yeah. they showed at the end From of season Clone two. Wars too, yeah. Yeah. So she's a pretty big deal. Like they tried to give her the the head of the house of uh her house on Mandalore, but she mm-hmm. ended up passing it off to somebody else. And that's when she handed the Darksaber off to somebody else. And between then and Mandalorian is mm-hmm. when we don't know what happened with the Darksaber. So Sabine is probably gonna be out for revenge on that. And being in the Ahsoka show, they worked side by side on Rebels too. So okay. being able to see those two characters reunite is going to be great. Do you think that'll be the motivation is trying to get the dark saber back to her house or will there be some like Mandalore house drama? What do you think's going to happen in this new series? It really depends on what direction they're taking the Mandalorian because I thought that the Mandalorian was going to be going like Din Djarin was going to be going after the guy with the dark saber, but also that would be Ahsoka's next step, I would think. Yeah. And she's getting her own TV show, so I don't think they'd make the two storylines be the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, maybe the first season of Ahsoka would be to gather as many of the people from the Rebels crew as possible to try to... I, I forgot the main character's name in Rebels already. That's not good. That is not good. Yeah. The kid, he ends up uh, going off with Grand Admiral Thrawn at the end. Like, he's the one that sends Grand Admiral Thrawn away. Ezra. Ezra's his name. Okay. Uh, so they're, like, off in the dark reaches of unknown space at that point. And we know that Ahsoka is hunting him down in particular, so... Yeah, so I think that he's gathering, she's going to be getting Sabine and whoever else can help them find Ezra to help them find Grand Admiral. I think that's where that's God, I remember Thrawn being brought up in the books and like as this guy who's, he's the thing that like your extra dirty friends are like, trust me, Frank, there's such a cooler part of Star Wars out there that's in the books and his name is Admiral Thrawn. (laughs) So his his name is actually, he's a, a part of the Chiss which is a, a species from unknown space. He's yeah. the only one in this region of space. His name is a lot longer than that. It's just Thrawn was like in the middle of his name. So yeah. that's what people heard when he said his name. So it stuck out. And 
my God, this, the old books of his uh, from Timothy Zahn that wrote the original Thrawn books. There were uh, there's a trilogy and then a duology, and those are not canon anymore. But now they he's will got be another again. trilogy <laughs> that are canon now. Like he wrote new oh, books wow, okay. for it to fit into the new canon, and they're good. Like the first one's really good. It's all about Thrawn's rise to power through the Empire, from him being like this nomad to him being a Grand Admiral. And the, the second one is all about him and Vader going back and forth, trying to Ugh. like uh, Almost try to one up each other. That. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, I haven't set up my Star Wars shelf yet, but the book's behind me somewhere over there. Yeah. So it's oh, man, they're good. He's a great character. I cannot wait for Ahsoka. You know this what? Be so good. How about this? How about I read those three new books and we discuss them on a podcast episode. It'll make a special thing. As like I a, would have to finish reading. Oh, you're talking about the original ones or the new the ones? new ones? The canon. Yeah, I'd have to finish reading those, but that sounds like a good idea. That'll be how we launch off the Ahsoka series. What do you think? We'll watch it by then, so then we're like, hey, this is what you can expect out of Thrawn. Oh, man, I'm a Thrawn. I'm excited about this. <laughs> I like that. You'd have to also watch Rebels, because he's in Rebels. Okay. Well. I've been meaning to, so it's about time I pull that trigger. So, <laughs> I'm, You've got me more hyped for this. I'm excited for this now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, it's. I can't, I can't believe all the little threads they're tying together with Star Wars now. It feels so much more like Marvel yeah. than it used to like they're trying to tie everything together i think they're really trying to make up for the lack of interest that people had in the most recent trilogy of movies with the mandalorian the book of boba fett ahsoka and all the other tv shows that they're doing and the the freaking prequel stuff is all coming back too it's all with the obi-wan show that obi-wan show they are stacking the deck to make that a winner (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah i think people are going to appreciate the prequels even more now that even more than they do now, which is already more now than they did back in the 90s. So if you're to tell me after the because, I mean, boy, that pre, that first prequel, when the first one came out, everybody was just dogging on it so bad. If you're to tell me, Frank, I know you're a fan of it. Trust me, people will start to realize how good those were in about 20 years. <laughs> 20. Oh, my God. How old am I? Uh, it's a See, I still 20 don't years. Like the prequels. <laughs> you don't? Yeah, oh, man. It has I'm been. a fan. Yeah. I like the third one. The third one's great. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. The other two, I can't. I, it's hard to watch the first two. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but try rewatching the third one, assuming that Obi-Wan and Padme are sleeping together. <laughs> <laughs> Everything makes sense. It makes so much sense. You turned her against me? Yeah. Oh, trust me. There's part where like, like when things are going wrong, she goes to Obi-Wan first before she goes to, uh, to Anakin. Like, there's so oh, many God. things that are like, oh, my God, they're sleeping together. So, yeah. And then in Clone Wars, of course, that you see Obi-Wan has had affairs or, you know, relationships to the past with Mandalorian. Right. Um, and then, of course, there's, of course, the Dar- Darth Jar Jar, which I'm fully on board with that as well. <laughs> that Jar Jar Binks is the one behind it all. <laughs> so that the Duchess that you're talking about from Mandalore, she is part of the same house as Sabine Wren, I believe. Oh, so rebels. So they're all tied together. OK, so then in Mandalorian. The one that, like, the trio that's helping out in one of a couple of those episodes that wear the blue armor, she's yes. her sister, right? Yes, I believe. I believe. So Sabine's I related there too. Sabine is. I don't know if she's directly related or if she was related to the. She's the daughter of the person that used to run the house and okay. then handed the dark saber off to the girl from the Mandalorian, her sister, yeah. who ran the house. So she knew her sister, but it's it's so this is some Game of Thrones shit, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it pretty much is. I'm, I I love that that Star Wars has realized that, like, you know what? Let's let's back off making just 150 movies, and instead let's give delay Dave Filoni his own thing and the prequels things. Let's let those start to breathe. And Dave Filoni is a damn mastermind. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is, guys. 
<laughs> and the prequels yeah. are getting their own thing. I, I'm very happy with Star Wars is where it's going right now. So that's pretty awesome. Filoni and Favreau together are just yeah in, in, amazing. And props to yeah. I mean I guess we got to say props to Disney for understanding it's better to not make a bunch of crap movies that'll still do okay, and actually letting you know certain people take the reins and make good products. That's awesome. Now, those movies didn't do well because there's those damn millennials on their Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> did really scott make <laughs> oh god did he bring back the emperor's clone i don't want to get into that again my god so stupid See, that's the thing though uh, just to to try to top this off um i'm pretty sure that ever anything that dave filoni does is gonna end up making the sequel trilogy better because he's gonna try to make all the stuff that doesn't make sense make sense yeah I would that's, like, that's what he's great at, is yeah. tying all the loose ends together. I want to see what Dave Filoni does with Phasma. I think Phasma is such a huge missed opportunity. What a wonderful character, wonderful actress. That's a Dave Filoni. Try to bring her back in. Let's see what you could do, man. He would save <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, guys, that's it for the news. We're going to be doing some. I know you guys are out there. You're doing your Christmas shopping. You're like, oh, my God, what do I give Timmy? We're going over the classics, okay? Top five 90s toys. We're lucky. We lived in the 90s and we had like the best toys, I think. <laughs> so we're going to go yeah. over our top five. I'll go first so we end with yours. My number five is the Bop-It. All right. So it's <laughs> it's this little plastic toy that had all these little knobs and tool. You pull this, whatever. And it had a cool, funky beat. <laughs> that beat was pretty good on it. And you'd sit there and be like, bop it. You know, twist it. And you'd sit there and you'd like pass it to your friends, like a challenge mode. And of course, there was a lot more iterations of it that came later on. It was far different. But I'm talking the classic bop it, pull it, twist it. That was the, the three things you did. The new ones have like hammer it. It's so dumb. Um, did you have yourself a bop it when you were a kid? I did not. But um, later on in life, my little stepsister did. And I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I spent a couple hours bopping, <laughs> twisting. But, but that was actually one of my wife's. Uh, one of my wife's toys that she chose. One of my honorable mentions <laughs> was the Boppet for sure. She enjoyed it a lot. As well. Yeah. And if you didn't have it, one of your friends had it and every so often you were part of a Boppet chain. <laughs> yes. A Boppet chain. Sounds like a drug <laughs> drug trend from the 90s. Are your it kids in doing it, a Boppet chain? It, it, twist it, pass it. <laughs> yeah, pass it. Yeah. <laughs> it even said pass You're it. right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> bop, bop, pass. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's my number five. What do you got for your number five over there? So this is going to take a little bit of a, a little bit of time to describe. But do you remember those those handheld games that just the had Tiger one ones. game on them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They had like the shitty animations. Yep. It was like it looked like stencil draw. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that I remember. Was the X Men one. <laughs> that's the best. And I even have a story to it because I wanted that so badly as a kid, and I don't remember what happened. But I think I threw a temper tantrum before Christmas, <laughs> and I took one of the presents and I picked it up and threw it. And by the time I opened it, it was that X-Men game, but I broke it oh, God. before I had it. It was like my own self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> of being angry, breaking something, and then being angry about it and wanting the toy to be... Was, uh, I came full <laughs> circle, but yeah, those games where you j they just had two buttons, they had a D-pad, and they were very simple, like, beat-em-up games for the most part. And, the and a lot of times awful. they were licensed. They were horrible. Yeah. Like, the background was, like, an image behind it, and mm -hmm. it never moved. And then it was just like two frame animations where the characters yeah. moving back and forth. And they were always licensed. I think Full House even had one, yeah. which I don't understand how that was a thing. <laughs> I'm sure it did. 
Yeah. Save Uncle That's Jesse. That's my number five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would, you would like, it, would, it felt like a watch face, which, God, I'm thinking like kids listening to this episode, if there's, I don't know if kids listen to podcasts, but <laughs> they got to be like, what's a watch face in the way I'm thinking? But like a watch face used to have like these like, you know, certain ladder, certain amount of squares that would light up in a certain number. But that's how these things were designed. Like you could almost see that like this is where Wolverine, if you just turn it right, you can see where Wolverine, if he jumps, he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) But man, you'd sock away some hours on those things. And I even had casino ones. I remember as a kid having casino ones that were like blackjack or whatever. I'd play blackjack all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As like a 10 year old kid sitting playing like five card draw. Yeah. And then like (laughs) the one I had, if you won, it had uh, we're in the money, we're in the money song playing. And I remember walking around the house singing the song as I won a hand of blackjack. <laughs> That's my childhood beating blackjack, yeah. folks. <laughs> and poker at blackjack. Yeah, yeah, my grandma was hooked on those things too, <laughs> which is great because you don't spend any actual money. There's no microtransactions <laughs> transactions involved in those little handhelds. Oh man, yeah. Oh, God, we, we God, those things are terrible. <laughs> like the graphics were so bad. <laughs> All right, my number four is a yak back. So <laughs> what it was, we were we were it was so simple. You would record your voice into it, and then you press another button, and it plays it back. And oftentimes, if you had the fancier one, if your kids were, if your parents were extra, you know, nice that that season or whatever, you could have modulations on it where it had like, like weird little weird sound effects in there too. Um, it seems so simple looking back, like all you're doing is just playing back your voice. But you would say something annoying, and then like play it in your parents' ear, and then go like run to your brother's room, play it to them. And it was the the joy of the season. Did you have yourself on something like this? Uh, no, I think we just used like a tape recorder because we were, yeah. we weren't fancy enough to get a yak back. <laughs> Maybe we did at one point. I don't remember. Um, but I was going to say, you could tell how popular yak backs were in the nineties by kids from the nineties grew up and all have podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same Every thing. I take my cell phone kid, to my yeah. brother's room. Like, listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not a, if it's not a podcast, it's a vlog. Everybody's <laughs> got, got either blog. a vlog yep. or a podcast. So. Yeah. That's the yak back to the future. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> yak back to the future. That would be a good. <laughs> That's a 90s documentary in the making, right? Yak back to the future. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> By the way, I, I don't have it on my list. Do you have a talk boy on your list before we go too far? No. Okay. So I do want to give a shout out to what everybody's saying. Like that should have been the one you picked is the talk boy from the Home Alone 2 movie. Um, actually made by the guys that made Home Alone because they had it specially made. And then they were like, this is too popular. We have to actually make this toy. And so that was great too. I did have one of those, but the yak back was something that I remember having for a long time. And the talk back was kind of like gimmicky and it went through batteries like a mother. So <laughs> it's all about the yak back. All right. What do we have for your number four? So uh, and this is the same line of thought as a little handheld that played one game. This is a little handheld that you could raise a pet. On. Oh yes. My number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. No, no. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. The- the, the Tamagotchi, yep. uh, those were so popular back then. Oh, my goodness. My favorite one, I had one that was an alien. Yeah. And I raised a little alien. And oh, my God, it was so cute. <laughs> it was just, it, oh, man. I, feeding it, playing games with it, raising it, it made me feel so proud as a little kid. Oh, man, those things, there were so many varieties, variations on them. And people still play similar things to that to this day on their phones. I, I kind oh, yeah. of liken uh, raising Pokemon and Pokemon Go to kind of being a Tamagotchi owner. Well, and Tamagotchis are back themselves. They've actually like re-released Tamagotchis. I was in a GameStop uh, this week with Jonathan. No, with Daniel. And we're like, dude, there's Tamagotchis on the shelf. They're like a thing they're selling now. 
It blew my mind. What? Yeah, they brought them back. That's crazy. And you know how close I was to buying one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine, yeah, because I know the people that still walk in and physically buy video games are the older gamer audience yeah. <laughs> and the people that know what a Tamagotchi is. This actually, God, talk about a freaking flashback day. That was the day we went to go watch Ghostbusters. So a movie from the 80s <laughs> brought back. <laughs> and then we went to a GameStop, a business from the 90s brought back. <laughs> right. And saw Tamagotchis on the shelf. Like, what a day. Uh, yeah, those are great. And then I had the Gigapet, uh, did you, which was kind of like the like cheaper version of Tamagotchi. <laughs> That's the other one I was trying to think of the name of. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, the, we definitely went through a few of these. Yeah, <laughs> growing up. So yeah. those, I might buy, I might buy a few of those as stocking stuffers for Christmas this year. A few Tamagotchis <laughs> might be oh, there a you good go. stocking stuffer. Okay, uh, <laughs> my next one. I'll bump up something I had from the past since we we used up that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Hit Clip. You remember a Hit Clip? It used to be a it used to be a little player and used to come with like little cartridges that you put in there that played like 15 seconds of a pop song, usually in sync or Britney Spears or Backstreet Boys. And it would play like the chorus from one of their songs. Oh my God. So you could buy the hit clip cartridges like in a three pack and you're like, oh man, this has got two in syncs. I got to do this one. And back in the day, guys, NSYNC used to do like these Disney concerts, which was the event of the week. Like Everybody was like, hold on, you got to watch the NSYNC concert. And the hit clip would just be 15 seconds and you just keep pressing the button to hear the same 15 seconds of a song and over again. And it was like <laughs> the earliest MP3s, but much like video games when an entire game now is like a megabyte <laughs> back then on a huge cartridge. Same thing. This cartridge would only hold 15 seconds. It could only handle that much data. And yet you'd be walking around hearing the <laughs> I want you back song over and over again, <laughs> but just the chorus. <laughs> and so... They were key, you had they had like keychain rings on there too. So a lot of the cooler kids would have a keychain ring of like five songs on there and would just like change out the hit clip all the time. And they were just the coolest kid. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I was like Dean. <laughs> but yeah. So, no wonder I never heard of these things or don't remember <laughs> these things. I was definitely not a cool kid. I'm sure there's a few of us, a few of those listening that had the hip clip and I'm, I was jealous of you kids. But yeah, I, I had a couple, but those those are classic hit clips. All right. We are moving on to your next one. I don't know if my next one counts. My number three are Pogs, just Pogs. That's all my honorable mentions. Yep. Okay, cool. I didn't play the Pog game. Like we didn't play in like trade Pogs yeah. and stuff. I collected them. I was a Pog collector. Yeah. I had all the licensed shit that I could get my hands on. Would go to every little <laughs> pharmacy, every little store yeah. that sold Pogs, and just buy the pack of Power Ranger Pogs, buy the pack of TMNT Pogs. Yeah. Just everything I could get my hands on. We were Pog collectors growing. <laughs> You had the plastic sleeve that had like the cl- the like little lid on it and stuff like that. The, the th- and the, I'd feel so cool and I'd like, yep. and like squeeze it and pop it out and like the first slammer would come the out slammer. from the top and be yep. like, I'd I was like trying to catch it. Yeah. 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 You uh, have like the thick slammers and then you've got the ones with the like the spiked edges around the yeah. outside. And oh man. I, oh, so far. I got one for my older cousin who was the cool kid, right? Uh, he had um, OJ in the slammer and had like, oj simpson on the pog itself and it said oj and the slammer and i was like dude that's radical like how do they make that (laughs) and so uh pogs are classic man that was good yeah (laughs) those little cases used to have those things like holstered like a freaking ammo clip or something yeah yeah exactly oh man such freaking nerds yep oh that was totally a lot of fun i think that was my first collectible too the first thing i got into collecting when i was a kid was pogs I think that was maybe the only thing I collected when I was. Yeah. I mean, well, I went into Pokemon cards, but I mean, I think Pogs were first. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my number two. 
Crossfire. So this is a board game. I hope it sparks your memory because the commercials are great. Where you'd sit there and it had like a little gun on each side of the board and you'd shoot these little uh, metal balls, my ball bearings, at each other and try to fill your other your other friends like goalie area. There's no way this game could be released today. The little balls would be swallowed if they were swallowed by 100 kids. I mean, they're dangerous as hell. And it was just a gun that you'd shoot little metal balls. It was a BB gun, but they're mounted to the board and you're trying to shoot at your friend. Like, <laughs> It's terrible. And the idea is that you're shooting at your friend's goal, but there's, I mean, come on now. We all tilted the gun up and shot at each other. <laughs> right. And so this is the coolest thing. It was the best commercials. Crossfire, like electric, like drawn in electricity everywhere. Um, they would air on Saturday morning do cartoons. Know, <laughs> do you know how many people are singing the Crossfire song right yeah. now while they're listening to this? <laughs> uh, that, Everybody does that one. That was just the coolest damn thing. And uh, I mean, if you were lucky enough to have one, you maybe played it like four times before you lost all those little babies that were in there. <laughs> we're just done. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a great one. Did you know playing that at all? No, I don't think I did. I think my mom was probably... Uh, I probably thought it was mean, but she's probably a little too smart to let us yeah. play with something like that when we were kids. Mom! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody else, has, Brad has one. <laughs> all right, I think we're on your number two now. Yeah, all right. My number two, I still to this day find these awesome. Any walkie-talkie. And those were huge They still are awesome, yeah. Yeah, they're still awesome to this day. I, I even remember being like 18 years old and walking into a Radio Shack. Yes, they Radio still Shack. existed when I was 18. <laughs> and just like looking at walkie-talkies to have for fun as an adult because yeah. of how much I loved them as a kid. It's it basically the same thing as a yak. Not the same thing, but for the same reasons right. that you like a yak back. is You like to be able to do something you normally wouldn't be able to do at the palm of your hand. Yeah. It, it, oh, just being able to talk to somebody. It was like so cell phones weren't huge back then when I was a kid. Like there were those giant ass cell yeah. phones and then the ones you could play snake on the nokias yeah 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 that was basically it so obviously we couldn't use those because those were the, the the adults had those because yeah. they were too expensive so we had walkie talkies and sometimes we could pick up radio signals from like cars driving by or yeah uh, <laughs> pick up any like actual like fm radio signals it was, it was crazy yeah. <laughs> how much fun and how much time i killed using a walkie talkie as a kid and there's like two tiers and i, I bet it's the same for you so as your kid you had like really colorful ones. Maybe they were like TMNT ones or whatever that were not very long distance. But then as a teenager, you probably got the ones that had the multiple channels that actually like, oh, yeah, beep, beep, you know, they actually were really good. Great for camping trips and got right. everything and, you know, out there on the outdoors. Man, those walkie talkies is a great gift. I remember I bought those for the nephew kind of like maybe five years ago. Totally different vibe. Like it's he already had a cell phone at that point. But it's like, man, walkie talkies were always a go to gift back in the day. It's a shame. <laughs> These damn kids. <laughs> All right. My number one Power Rangers Megazords. So <laughs> they had the Power Rangers action figures, those are fine. But if you had the actual little Megazords, like oh, you had the actual Zords and they would form into the Megazord. Did you have one? It's on the shelf behind you. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact one. I, how did I not see this the entire time? So the, the shitty thing is, this is not the retro one from the 90s. This is a remake of one that, when I was working at Target, they came out with these again. But yeah, it's totally separable. All the Zords come apart. And this is also my number one, just so you Are know. You, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, dead serious. This is my number one as oh, well. Oh, man. Good and, stuff. 
all the Zords come apart and make their own separate thing, and then they come together as Megazord. And as a kid, I even had uh, the Dragon Zord, yep. Green Ranger, and they form yeah. together as well. Oh, yeah. oh man, that is so dope. They don't make action figures that cool. I can't believe that's been on the shelf behind you this entire time, and I have not noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. Uh, yeah, it's it's right under the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also you know kind of far back there. But yeah. any other thoughts on the Megazord? Then, since it's your number one as well. I, I think your reaction to seeing one behind me probably <laughs> said it all. Yeah. These things, they were so freaking cool. And like, yeah, the fact that they could separate and then come together and be a really cool toy. And of course, you're walking around like it's walking around a city <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. It, I don't know if you can see it, but I've also got the Green Ranger dagger sitting on the ground. Uh, oh, I can. Yeah. If you, yeah, I can right see it right there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, nah, just imagine Tommy <laughs> playing that. <laughs> and you're talking about much childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's go. Uh, what's your number? Oh, your number one was that. So, what's any honorable mentions you have? Uh, remote control cars. Yep. Any like with walkie talkies, any remote control car yeah. was awesome. I had a Hummer that I it would like it was basically an ATV. Like it could drive on any terrain. It could drive on the carpet. It could drive on the hardwood. It could drive on the on the gravel on the, on the asphalt. It was everywhere. Yeah, it was great. Now, do you remember telling your mom specifically? Make sure it says radio control, not remote control, because sometimes <laughs> I had the wire connected the entire time. And I was like, this oh, is a waste. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I ever actually, thankfully, didn't have to deal with that. So, yeah, my, my parents must have known what's up. There's some that had the wire the whole time and then some that were like only turn right. So you had to like back up and a two, three point turn and stuff. <laughs> it was bad. Um, OK, so for I have two honorable mentions. One for me is the TMNT action figures. Like the classic Ninja Turtle action figures, which I have recently been looking into buying the original ones. So I'm looking at right now. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on them. They're not necessarily cheap, Ooh. but they're not too bad. But I'm like, I got to have those classic what I played with as a kid. What's well, hard to it's I, hard to find like the nunchucks and everything with them. That's the hard part. <laughs> I wish that I still had mine from a kid. My brother and I, we had these like they were TMNT suitcases before it was called TMNT. It was just teenage. Of course. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But. It was uh, we had the, the suitcases that that held all the action figures like a like a trading card binder. But it was for these action figures. And we had like two suitcases full of <laughs> all the TMNT action figures with the, the, the nunchucks and with the weapons and stuff. Oh, oh, man, I wish we still had those. But I'm guessing my stepdad at the time probably threw them away. Probably oh, these stupid toys. I'm going to step on them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And now all the people singing Crossfire are now singing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> you guys are welcome for that. <laughs> Turtle power. <laughs> all right. Uh, any more honorable mentions for you? Uh, yeah, the light bright. Do you remember the light I bright? I sure do. Let's talk about another <laughs> danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The little light pegs that you put in the thing and yep. light them up and they... Uh, you can make cool designs, <laughs> kind of like the, the Etch-A-Sketch for creative types yeah. or more like colorful creative types, I, I yeah. suppose. Uh, you can spell a curse word and then quickly take it out before your parents saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife also had, she had the Bop It that she wanted me to mention, yeah. but also there's a Skip It. Do you remember the Skip I It? I remember that freaking demon spawn. <laughs> for, for the Husky kids, that thing was hell. <laughs> oh, she's, she's like, what was that one jump rope toy that you put on your foot? I'm like, you're talking about skipping, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I knew right away what she was talking had about. Had a little counter yeah, on she... the end too, because it would have like a ring that would spin. Oh man, it's like, oh, that's that's so mean to <laughs> try to make kids compete with each other. But I guess this isn't a, a, yeah. a way to get people active. And yeah, she loved it. I didn't ever use it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my last article. All right, I've got one more. The yo-yos with bearings in them. With the you able to like 
you spin a yo-yo down and it'd sit there and like spin on the bottom. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, now at my school, every so often we'd have. I, now looking back, I know that they're just salesmen. We'd have people come in and like, oh, check out all these yo-yo tricks, and then like, by the way, we also sell yo-yos by chance. There's no <laughs> doubt my school got some some chunk of change from this, but looking back, like there's a few events that were that way where they were just brought in salesmen to sell stuff, and. We everybody got into yo-yos at one time. Everybody in the school is walking around with yo-yos, and specifically they had the ones that had like two like triangle shapes coming in, and then they had the ones that were with little bearings on there that you can make them spin on the bottom. And a right. sleeper, I forget what it's called, but anyways, those were amazing, <laughs> like professional yo-yos, you know. Oh man, that's a fun trip down memory lane right there. Holy crap! I know. <laughs> I didn't expect to get all amped up, especially about the Megazord thing. That was great. That was both of our number one. Dude, I cannot believe you had that over your shoulder this entire freaking episode. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that it's sitting on the top of my list. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, let us know what your favorite 90s toys out there. Y'all note that Furby was not on anybody's list. <laughs> it doesn't right. deserve to be. Uh, but that might have been somebody's favorite. So uh, let us know on our socials and on Discord. We're always there. Just come on by and hang out. Uh, but that is it for us this week. We have a Pushing Buttons coming up soon. We've got a new interview coming out this week. And we have Trek Freaks on the way. So all kinds of new stuff coming for you guys from Geek Freaks. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.